This episode of Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters. You've heard us mention them on the podcast before, and if you're in Fairbanks or you're going to be coming through Fairbanks for a fishing, hunting, or camping trip, it's a great place to stop and get what you need. It's a locally owned Fairbanks business that I've been shopping at since I came up here, and really it's the type of sporting goods store you would hope to find in a place like Fairbanks. They've got a ton of hunting, fishing, trapping, and camping supplies, including backpacking meals and stoves, clothing, real rain gear, good footwear, including mountain hunting boots like Loa, rubber boots like Extra Tufts and Lacrosse, and they also have a great selection of guns, ammo, shooting and hand loading supplies, and even muzzle loading stuff. Now, they also carry a wide variety of fishing and dip netting equipment to tackle just about any fish Alaska has to offer. In Century Hardware downstairs, you'll be able to find a big selection of marine, snow machine, and ATV supplies like ramps, hitches, gun boots, um, good gas jugs, not the junk you find everywhere else, and all sorts of odds and ends for your boat or anything else you could need, and of course, whatever hardware you might find yourself in need of. In fact, it's one of those stores that you'll usually end up leaving with more than you planned on buying because they're really good at finding and stocking things that you just didn't realize you needed until you saw them. Frontier Outfitters is located in the Gavor Mall on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, as well as Century Hardware out in North Pole. It's a great store, so next time you're gearing up, get on down there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. All right, welcome to Tund- back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, uh, slowly losing my shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just had thought I had everything hooked up and forgot a critical cord. It's really not that not that complicated setting this kind of podcast and stuff up, but just one of those days, I guess. <laughs> oh, Nick stopped by. Nick Mookie stopped by to uh, drop off some bear hides and shoot the breeze a little bit. It's been a, been a little bit. You uh, you got a little bit more bear hunting in and some fishing since since the last time I seen you a couple weeks. Well, it's been a little more than a couple weeks, but yeah. I hunted a little, or hunted a lot, and didn't shoot very much, but I think I probably sat as much this year as any other year, and just seemed things to be a little bit slower than normal, but that's all right. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I say every year, I say it's a weird year this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything's a little different. Like, 
I mean, I don't know how many times I've told you, I, I'm just like blown away that there's so many black bears at that spot that, you know, it's a bait we put in yeah. years ago. And in like seven years of running that bait, there's basically only been grizzlies. Like maybe a black bear comes through once every two years. Yeah. And I saw, <clears throat> I saw at least five black bears. I know I was surprised when you said where you were sitting and that you were having plenty of black bear action. I was like, wow, that's different. Yeah. You know, maybe it just takes them a little bit longer to get comfortable with all those other grizzly bears around. Cause uh, uh, I don't know. You wouldn't um, think you wouldn't know. And I, I, I don't know. I tend to think in my, my armchair, armchair biology degree. I mean, it's gotta, there's gotta be something causing like a concentration of bears to move from one area to another. Yeah. You know, and it's not like, cause I mean, there's been, was one year in particular, that other bait that, I mean, it's every criteria of an established bait. Like that thing's been getting baited almost every year for like 30 years. Right. And maybe even longer than that before we had it. But uh, some year, like one year, there's like one black bear hit it the entire year. Right. And there's it, no there's no way to figure and then out the, why. And then, the, and then the next year, it was like the next year or the year after, I had like probably six different big, like nice boars, yeah. you know, not giant, but nice, like boars that anybody yep. should be shooting. <laughs> and, you know, this year, like had that one, that one big boar on there initially yeah. and fucked that up. So, <laughs> um, it did. And, it, and then it was pretty slow on there. I mean, I was getting grizzlies intermittently through there right. and that bait, I don't think I had grizzly bears hit it. Two days in a row, all year. In, all year. Wow, one lots of like one and duns, and some of them, like some of the younger bears, I could tell I recognized them. You know, had come back, but I don't think it was ever two days in a, two nights in a row. Which normally, like, it's like all right, they'll find it. You're gonna get it for a couple you're nights. Get a chance if, you, and if then you're there the second. if you're there the, the second night, but and even some big ones, you know, not nothing out of this world. But uh, I did have one like one really big looking bear on the other one, but just timing. Yeah. We had a really nice grizzly on one of our baits for three nights. <clears throat> we sat at, Steph and I sat at the fourth night, never saw anything. And then I think it was like a week and a half later, it was either him or another one. It sure looked like the same bear um, was, was there the night prior to us getting there. And we sat again and, and never even saw a bear. It's really weird. Usually we see a, you know one or two or something or at least yeah. a black bear and there were black bears too, but I had camera trouble this year. One of them they freaking ran off with it. The other one wasn't working, was working, then wasn't working. It's kind of it doesn't matter, right? You can tell if the bait's been hit and I'm still going to sit. Yeah. But it sure is nice to know like if if you know, if a bear walks in like is that the best I can do or is there something bigger or or what? Yeah. It makes it a little bit more fun. Well, and sometimes <clears throat> if you're if you're hunting angry, you know, if it's <laughs> yeah. a, you can you can just know, you know, sometimes like if there's a sow with cubs yeah. or something, you know, you know, you can recognize that bear real sure. real quick. But uh yeah, which I, well speaking there and, and normally I don't get to, I think because of all the the grizzly activity and stuff, like I normally don't get black bear sows with cubs, but um after I shot the one bear, it was pretty quiet for a little bit and you know, I was still having grizzlies you know, maybe a couple times a week coming through, sure. just different bears filtering through. But uh, 
I went in there one day. I don't remember which day it was, but I went in there one day and I'd go and I'll like check, you know, check both of them and then decide where to sit. And it's a whole production takes all day, but, um, went in there like at noon and ran, you know, I hear all rustling and claws scratching and I, you know, that sow with, sow cubs. with cubs run them up a tree. Right. And, uh, she was all sort of pissed off, of They're course, happy, but <laughs> checked the camera and she pretty much had it to herself. And then a week later, and there was still a lot of bait left in a week and I didn't bring any more, you know, I'm, I kind of ran out of my initial stash and I'm like, all right, well, with the time I have to hunt, you know, it just is what it is. And, uh, came back the next week, just a hole in the ground. And then my camera had, like this said, the batteries were still, I don't know if they were starting to get low and fritzing out or what, but I had like 30 pictures and there was just a hole in the ground. You know, there was something. at least like 300 pounds of bait left there. Yeah. Not very many pictures, though. No, no. I mean, there was pictures of one, like, a black bear and a grizzly. I wonder what happened. But, yeah. It wasn't like it was, there was any rhyme or reason to yeah. what it was doing. But. I wish I could go back in time, because uh, yeah, the first night Steph and I <laughs> sat, uh, I, I just figured that we were going to have, you know, three or four days of good bear hunting, and, uh, you know, she... I made her, not make her, but I had her pass, you know, three different bears that were fine, but yeah. I, I thought we would be able to shoot something a little bit bigger and, you know, she didn't end up getting a shot at a bear this year and, you know, we could have taken a nice boar, you know, six Asshole. foot or something. Yeah, but <laughs> she, she was, you know, like happy with the decision yeah. too, you know, she's like, well, we don't really need another bear hide and we don't like what, you know, other than the meat, you know, that's great, but might as well wait for something a little bit bigger. And the camera did have a nice color face bore on it that I was hoping we'd get, but I never saw him either. So. Yeah. It's weird the way that works, man. Uh, like you, like you that was a good way you put it. I think last time we did a podcast together, hunting angry. I was hunting angry this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was more or less just looking for for some quality bears, and that's what I got, and I'm happy with it. But, you know, as far as, like, the overall experience of seeing lots of bears, um, the first part of the season, you know, I really didn't see many. Took the took, you know, advantage of the one opportunity I got, mm-hmm. and a quality bear killed him. And then uh, – Towards the end of the season, I flew out with uh, Stan Parkerson, and we went and hunted like I've been doing the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you know, just bonkers city uh, out there. <laughs> and, it, and this this year wasn't nearly as good as a couple of years prior or last year for even um, as far as like numbers. But um, you know, we we landed out there and we went and went and sat from 10 p.m. till I don't know what time we climbed down three or something like that. But the first night we had three really nice boars come in and um all separately one was with a sow and then you know i i ended up shooting them but it was hours later yeah you know i passed them and then another nice boar came in and when i say when i'm talking nice boars like these are you know seven foot bears they're they're big <laughs> their yeah. bodies look everything just they dwarf the other bears you can tell yeah <clears throat> so that one came in and him and a sow ate for a bit and and then he took her right next to the tree stand and boned her for 30 minutes, 45 Jeez. minutes, <laughs> like nonstop, and just on her the entire time. And uh, eventually they had enough, and she, he got off of her. But while they were doing that, like other boars were coming in, and you could tell he was getting a little upset about yeah. it. Um, so another another boar came in, and he, and I thought he looked bigger than, than, the, than the other one that was breeding the sow. And so it would stand, and I was using a... 
you know, I'm reluctant to tell the story, but at least I'm going to be honest about it. So I was using a stone point. It's not and, as bad as my my first story. Yeah, so I mean, I was I was using a stone point, and the the shot's ridiculously close. It, it, you know, it's six yards. It's not far, and you know, whoever's listening, you're thinking, oh, six yards, bullshit. Well, the platform is about eight and a half feet off the ground, and the bait is six yards away, and that's that's just how it is. The bears don't care. They it's walk close. In. It's yeah, very very close. And so I, <clears throat> he came in, you know, once or twice, and then finally I made the decision that I wanted to shoot him. He's perfectly broadside, and I must have just been staring at the wrong spot. You know, I don't know what I don't know what else I can attribute it to. Um, thought I made a good shot, got it on video, saw blood instantly, but I hit him, you know, middle, behind the middle of the body. Yeah. <clears throat> and we waited a a bit to even go look for blood and. Climbed down and we're having a hell of a time find, finding blood based on the direction we saw him run, and found the arrow. The broadhead snapped off right where the broadhead was like epoxied to the uh, ferrule, mm-hmm. and so I didn't get to see what the broadhead actually did. And I know it wasn't a pass through, but you know there was there was some there was blood all the way up to the fletchings, but that was where the blood squirted out when I hit him. Yeah, <clears throat> we just we waited a while and got down and looked for all that, and just we we may have we found two beds that night. You know, we're blood trailing at two or three in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Um, what what we should have done, you know, and in, in hindsight's twenty twenty, but we should have just left him, you know, for twelve hours and came back and probably yeah. found him in one of the two beds. So we tracked him for a while and then finally decided to back out. Came back the next morning, looked again and again. We probably spent four hours trying to figure out, you know, if we could find him dead or something like that. But there's a river about 200 yards beyond the creek that we're hunting. And if they cross a river, you know, there's nothing you can do. I mean, we didn't find blood on the edge of the river or nothing like yeah. that, but we, we did find a couple drops, you know, within 50, 60 yards of the river. And he, he may have been headed that way. We kind of gave up search on him just because after watching the video well, and everything, it's like a gut shot bear won't go far if they're not pushed, but if you're pushing them like we did the night before, yeah. you know, not even trying to. I mean, I know, I know guys that have, you know, like one guy, I think he had, he, it was, there was tree stand hunting grizzly bears on salmon stream mm-hmm. and a bear like walked right down beneath him and shot straight down. He thinks he only got like part, part of one lung and the liver maybe. That'd take a while to die too. And they tracked him over a mile. Like it was like a mile and a half. They finally caught up to him and he was still alive and they're just like, yeah, let's just finish it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it so. just goes to say, well, in, in a lot of this stuff, you know, it's because the natural inclination, you know, you'll get all the freaking, you, you see stuff on the internet. Oh, well, you know, I don't care if it takes six days, but, you know, it's a little different situation than like whitetails on a property yeah. that you, or, and, and you kind of like kind of know when to hold them, know when to fold them sort of deal. Like, We're, you know, when like you're not finding this right. bear, like it, and bears are kind of notorious for that anyway and we i mean we definitely looked a, a hell of a lot spent a lot of time on it but like it, it's so thick down there that if you're not on a bear trail i mean you're in you know chest high head high grass or, or alders or, or whatever bush, or bushes. Yeah. so we you know kind of gave up on that and went back to the cab and did some work around there and then we hunted that night and we got in there a little bit earlier we got in there at eight and that the other big boar that um, we saw the night before came in first with a sow, a different sow too. I'm like, you little punk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> totally different sow came in. 
ate for a while. Um, I passed on him. And uh, when he left, I'm like, man, maybe I made a mistake because, you know, here, you know, went, we went like an hour and a half without seeing another bear, which is not normal. Usually it's yeah. like one, they just take turns all night. You see, you know, 10, 12 bears a night. And uh, so he left with that sound. They they ended up coming back about two hours later. And when he was walking in, I, I told Stan, I'm going to shoot him. And it's like, all right. So he comes in and does the same thing. And so at this point, I've already passed this bear four times, I believe. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, here we go. But I didn't, I, I decided that I was just going to use a normal broadhead. So I used one of them cutthroats, uh, the wide ones or whatever. Oh, that I gave you last year. Yep. Those things are nasty. Yep, they're good. So I, <clears throat> he comes in, starts eating broadside again. He's got this like sap mark on his midsection, white, yeah. white one, but it's not where I would want to hit. And so I'm like, I got to be in front of that for sure. And right when I got to my anchor and it's really hard with a recurve to stop your shot. And right when I got to my anchor, he kind of, he kind of twisted up a little bit where he would have been perfectly broadside had he not just, he just kind of moved his body and kind of twisted. Yeah. Like his legs stayed in the same spot, but he twisted, you know, his yep, torso yep. or whatever you want to call it. And so when I shot, I hit in front of that white mark, which was good. But then the way he twisted, the exit was like right in front of his hindquarter. And made it a quarter, like a hard quartering too, kind of. Right. And so we, <laughs> Bear ran off, looked hurt as hell. And he was stumbling and falling, and he was right on the edge of the creek. So, you know, I shot him at six yards. He ran like maybe five or ten, and then he walked, you know, kind of ambled over to the creek, kind of falling over and stuff. And we both thought, all right, you're going to die right there. Nope. He jumped in the creek, and then he was like laboring to get up the other side. And so we just kind of sat there for a little bit. We're like, what in the hell happened? Stan thought it was a perfect shot. I thought it was until we looked at the video, and we could see him where he twisted like that. And we knew we were back to square one. Got down, look for blood after like an hour and a half. Um, can't find a single drop of blood. And I pick up my arrow and it's covered in frosting. Yeah. Like black frosting from his stomach. He had been eating black frosting yeah. on the bait. Had a big pile of it and him and the other sow just hammered, ate it all. And so the we had just attributed the black we were seeing to, okay, went through the intestines of some yeah. sort. And uh, so we found more of that black frosting as we got closer to the creek, figured out where he crossed, didn't even go across at all, left, came back the next morning, and um, picked up right there on the edge of the creek. And it took us 15, 20 minutes to find a drop of blood. Yeah. And uh, came up on a, like, tiny drop of blood. I mean, we were literally, like, looking on our hands and knees for blood. And uh, came up to a bed of his, the first bed. And there was that black stuff all over the ground. So mm-hmm. we kind of knew, like, hey, he laid down here. He's leaking pretty good. <laughs> and at, at this point, he's probably, the first bed was probably 40 yards from the bait. And I think the the having the creek there and that noise probably masked, like, the ATV taking off. Around, and, yeah. and, and we were being quiet. but um, So we tracked him from there. And, you know, if you take your time and just look at which way the grass is turned and stuff, yep. you can make a pretty good assumption on which direction he went. And we followed it up, found another bed. And then, then we lost everything and it didn't make any sense where he was or where he left that bed from because no trees were broken and there's no grass turned over or anything like that. So we're kind of like, well, well, I'm going to go up and around and and just see what's going on. And I do that and I'm walking, you know, after 10 minutes, I'm walking back towards Stan and he's like, oh, there's your bear. 
And uh, he's like, oh, shit, it was a stump. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh that's I'm like crazy. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. So we, we ended up picking up another black spot and then found a, 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 another drop of blood. And uh, Bear was deader and shit laying, you know, maybe like 80 yards from the bait. But after looking at the shot, I mean, it was it was not long. It was right through the guts. And he didn't go 80 yards. I'm sure that he sat there for quite a while before yeah, he like passed Yeah, like you think away. he probably got like back a liver and <clears throat> I would, it sounded like, or it sounded like, um, or was that the video you sent? The video I sent you was the one with the stone point. Okay, yeah. It's basically the same um, shot, unfortunately. It sounded a lot like, it sounded a lot like my grizzly I killed with the stone point. Yeah. That he was like not quite at the end, got, I got a little antsy and he wasn't quite broadside as i thought he was and right and the whole yeah we bumped in you know i thought he was laying back there dead because he ran back there and then nothing yep and um that's usually the way it goes you hear him stop moving after like 50 60 yards they're <laughs> laying there dead and he was not dead yet this, anyway but it was a yeah very similar type of thing tracking bed to bed and you're looking at foliage and this one had an exit hole but the broadhead took intestines out the other side which no, would so explain kind of that black stuff I would yeah. assume and so we didn't really have an exit you know as far as like blood coming out and uh, you know we looked at the bear or whatever and yeah that exit hole was right in front of the hind quarter and I would guess it hit the uh, liver and went right through the guts and and out but. Uh, that night, you know, I was beating myself up, and I, so I asked Stan, I was like, how many, you know, gut shot bears do you think you found? You know, Stan guides a lot of bear hunters. Yeah. And he says that he's basically found every grizzly that they've ever gut shot. He's found them. Wow. And only two or three black bears that they gut shot. Huh. But the ones that they have found that were gut shot were ones that he's seen the shot and was able to say, like, we need to wait. Yeah. As opposed to having a, you know, a client sitting in a tree or say, whatever. Oh, I shot one and, and then. I hit it perfect. Well, then you push it and what happened the night before is what is what's going to happen. So you shoot one in the guts, just just wait. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they shouldn't go far unless they're pushed. So. Yeah. And they mean, and that's even an area that's just crawling with bears. So yeah. it's not like, it's not. You know, and it's still, it's not like the other bears I've had them, blew them out of there. I've had them die. I've had bears die within, you know, 10, 15 yards of the bait, and other bears just keep coming Yeah, in. I mean, <laughs> which actually, the very the very first bear I killed when I was a kid, we, I, it came up to the bait, and I was using a rifle, just right behind the head, neck yep. shot, you know, boom, just sacked it right there. Hour later, another bear comes walking right up next to it and just starts eating yep. like it wasn't even there. So it didn't it's matter. Yeah, I was very relieved when we we found him because I, I was pretty disappointed in myself. Like two easy, easy shots, but um, great bear. Um, you know, seven foot two before fleshing, and you know, it's got right at nineteen inch skull. So nice. Yeah, he'll probably go. I mean, my what I tell everybody is they'll it they'll usually grow about or quote unquote grow they'll measure they'll square six inches bigger after they're after fleshed. they're fleshed usually after yeah. they're fleshed and turned and everything and and yeah. the paws are pulled out and like i was you know, i was telling you guys that that second bear i killed that big boar you know that was all lanky he was only 200 pounds yeah but he uh he ended up squaring right at seven three i'm buying stan a scale for next year because this bear was huge 
The bear looked huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it weighed, but it it was over 250. There's no way it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took all of we could all we could do to get him in the trailer. Yeah. And that wasn't we didn't lift it. You know, we you back the trailer up to the bear, you tip the trailer straight up and down. Yep. And then you get the bear's head in the trailer and then you lift from the back legs, you know, he was stiff, so it was yeah. e- e- a little bit easier to get in the trailer, but it was harder in hell. But I it was more than 250 pounds, that's for sure. But I don't know how much more. It'd be nice to have a yeah. scale up well, there. Then the find out. Yeah, is the last uh was it it was the that I don't know if it was that weekend or whatever or a little bit before that I went the last weekend I was going to be able to hunt. Um, yeah. And it wasn't the end of the season, but I wasn't going to go buy any more bait. No. And I just couldn't. I knew they're eating it at a rate that I can't keep up. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with only being able to go once a week. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, it'll be the last hurrah and go in there. And there had been, I mean, I have pictures of a big grizzly bear running on a black bear up a tree again. That one where the black bear's like up on the tree and the grizzly head's just poking into the frame. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You know, that was a big bear. And, uh, yeah, they can go through some bait. We were putting out 200 pounds ish before we sat. And when we'd come back the next morning, it was gone. Unreal. And yeah. that's like donuts <laughs> and bread. That's heavy stuff. That's yeah. not, I mean, I don't know how they eat it all. Like I have no idea. It's it's a lot of bait to finish. Yeah, night, once though. you get once you get like into June, like the middle of June, man, they're hammering they're it. hammering on it big. It was fun to see the bears fighting and and you know I've never seen one you know mate like that before. And it's like holy shit, you'd think it would be you know he, he said that a couple nights ago he watched a boar made a sow and it was it was like you know thirty seconds or a minute. Huh. This went on for a good thirty to forty five like, minutes. Get a room it was nonstop. <laughs> it's like geez, guys. I didn't, I, I, yeah. No, that's interesting Uh, stuff that nobody, I mean, very few people ever really get to see. It's pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, yeah, so that last night, um, I was hoping to get a crack at that grizzly bear. And I, you know, and there was still, I had pictures of a a boar and sow black bear on there. And then another, like, black bear that I had passed the previous time I sat. Yeah. A young boar that was just all, like. All sort of rubbed up. There was nothing I liked. I just, <laughs> I was like, ah, I think I can do better. <laughs> but anyway, so that last night didn't see, didn't see anything. And then finally I was like, all right, I'm going to sit till one. Cause the nights that these grizzlies have been coming, that they're coming in, they're coming in before midnight. So we'll give it to one. Right. And at 1230, this black bear comes in and I, I mean, I, I, Knew it was that it was that sow that big fat sow that I had seen that late uh, like took a nap under my tree stand sure. basically, and uh, I was like, yeah, all right, well, we'll just see what you see if a, you bring a boar in, and right. then but by like one thirty, <laughs> I'm done. I'm like, I'm gonna get out of here. It's like we'll give you the old, we'll give you the a chance. I I huffed at her a couple times to see if she'd spook or run nothing. off or nothing. Nope. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess you're coming home with me. <laughs> guess we got a little more meat. <laughs> but I actually switched because uh, the first two bears, I was using the three blade cutthroats. Okay. And I like those too, but they're, you know, the, you're not going to have penetration issues on a black bear. No. You know, heavy arrow if you, if you shoot them in the ribs. Um, I don't think they're going to do as good on like heavy bone or nothing. And they are tougher to get as sharp. I can't get them as sharp as I can get those single bevels. Sure. But I, uh, so that last one, I was asked, switch back to those cutthroats again, the, the single bevel. 
And uh, what was that bear when I finally shot her? Was quartering to me a little bit. And I hit her, I mean, maybe a touch high where I was aiming, but hit right on the back edge of the scapula. Okay. And in the video, it's dark as shit, but you can see my arrow like go, you know, you can see it wobble or whatever. And initially I'm like, man, did I hit? Like oh. I initially, well, I did, I went through the back of the scapula, but I was thinking like, God, did I, was she not at the right angle? But I mean, it freaking just torched right through the scapula and out. Um, it didn't actually exit all the way. It poked through the ribs, but didn't quite break the skin on the backs on the downside. Oh, darn. Okay. But it was from going through that scapula, slowed it down enough. Yeah. But, uh, nah, shot her and ran... 50 yards and yeah so i didn't hear a death moan all year but well i normally don't like it's not usually all that common for me i mean it's like maybe 50 50 yeah but all three of the bears i shot this year did the first one i shot ran 15 yards and died i didn't i mean i I heard a crash i figured he was there yeah and he was um but you know when you shoot him in the guts you're probably not gonna hear no probably not or (laughs) i mean i think the lungs too like if you're you I think if you put a arrow through their lungs, that's when you would hear it. But maybe not. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe, I think maybe I'm just, back. Maybe I need to backtrack because the I didn't fully like yank the lungs out or nothing. Yeah. These, I mean, it looked like either lung heart. You know, like the bore was like lung heart. Like I think I got the entry the entry lung and the heart on the way out. And um, but some of them bear. You know. The bears that are like full on right through the middle of both lungs, it seems like you hear them suck. You know, you hear like the sucking sound. It's it's probably it's probably more so just dependent on on the bear situation. situation, Yeah, Yeah, I I don't I don't know that there's a. It seems like I I would say you know I would. It seemed like a lot of times you hear those death moans on heart shot bears. Yeah. I hate to love but, that sound. Like, yeah, like it's kind of weird. I but. like it because I know it's done, but I also it's it's an eerie, eerie, strange sound. Yeah, <laughs> slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, like, Ew, oh, I mean shit. But at the same time, it's like, all right, I know he's there. Like you don't have to worry about it. Like, did I make a good shot? Anyhow, so I say all that to say that I I think I'm done shooting a recurve for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, I've got nothing to prove and. To be quite honest, I'd rather have a guaranteed like you're dead than, I, you know, I've lost. There's ways around that. I know you, there if is. You wanna, but I can. I'm just saying I've I've lost some very high quality animals with a recurve in the last four or five years, and I mean not a lot of them. I, I've lost you know I, I three or four that are I really do lose sleep over. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's all because. I just wasn't focused. But the ones I shoot where the shot's perfect, I'm like, I don't ever want to pick up a compound ever again yeah. after that feeling. But I think I just, I owe it to not only myself for the amount of time I put into it, but also to the animal. So it's just, it's not for me. <laughs> it's just not. It's, it's not. Yeah. I love I mean, there, I, there, And there's, like, there's thing, there's ways I think to the, get through that a little bit. The, yeah, the you're, main, ne- you're never going to be as, as accurate and efficient across the, the variety of ranges as you will with a compound right. just not yeah not you're you're you are limiting yourself in in certain ways I, I um, but it, there are ways like i mean i mean it's stuff that i you know i've had to learn how to overcome yeah too and i you know i mean i still screw up it screw for, up occasionally I, th- I think for me and and it won't i'm not i'm not in 
I'm not in it deep enough to want to change. But for me, I, I'm shooting 100% instinctive. I'm not. I, I don't look at my arrow. I'm I'm drawn back. Yeah. I'm lining it up, and you know, at home on a 3D target, you know, eight out of ten shots are right where I'm looking. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I'm not I'm not willing to to switch, and I shouldn't say I'm not willing to. I'm just I'm not going to. <laughs> I like I, I enjoy the instinctive part of it, but I know it's not very freaking accurate. So kind of just going to go back to what I know and I'll be fine with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, if you'll ever change your mind, just let me know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've, I've lost, lost a lot of sleep over a couple of those, those animals and I just don't want to do it anymore. No, it's, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that, man. It's, I've done it. I've practiced quite a bit. I've, you know, I've got quality shit, but for, for some reason I just, I got a problem when, when, you know, I, and the ones that go right, go so right, you know, like with a compound, I've never had that right on the edge of like complete disaster or perfect. You know what I mean? It's yeah. either something definitely happened with a compound when I make a bad shot, you know, or it's perfect. It's well, that's, not. that's quote unquote instinctive archery. Like <laughs> that's what it is, man. Yeah. When it works, it's beautiful. But when it don't, it's a train wreck. Yeah. And it's like, and you are I'd, re- I'd teetering I'd, on the edge, you yeah. know. So, no, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I might give you some shit about it, but I'm fine with it as much <laughs> as you want. I just, I, I like, we, I work really hard and find a lot of time to do what I love to do. Yep. And uh, I don't like being disappointed because I made a mistake. Yeah. I don't. If an animal does something that doesn't quite line up with what I'm doing, perfect. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's hunting. But when I get an opportunity and I screw the pooch, you know, because of myself, then then I I take a little little exception to that. I just, yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough, man. It's no it's no fun. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you work so hard for an opportunity, and truthfully, most people are only going to get maybe one opportunity a season, you know. And if you mess that opportunity um, up because you because of you, then well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like if I can eliminate that one little factor, then I, I think I'm just going to do that. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that, man. And it, and it's, you know, like some places, you know, where you can go hunt hogs or something every weekend and yeah. all year round, or whatever. Right. Get tons of get tons of. One of the things, one of the things that can help that if it's done, you know, if you do a few other things properly, is just like time behind repetition practice like there's no better practice than shooting live animals yeah, i've shot a bunch of them and it <laughs> you will know but in, in like all the time you yep. know because it i mean even me man like it starts with the heart starts pumping and yeah i'm with you you know for you know and, and i'm a huge proponent of if you want to shoot a recurve or a longbow like a bear over bait you really can't beat it as far as yeah. how good the the opportunity the, is, yeah, yeah. It, it's about as good as it's going to get. Yeah, <laughs> animal comes in, typically perfect shot, broadside, quartering way. Yeah, like you decide, and they're usually close. And if you if you're messing that up, and I'm not, I'm not like getting flustered. I'm I'm like just up losing focus at the wrong yeah. time when you're when you're you know in your in your shot. And the only thing I can think of is you just you. For me personally, I'm either looking at the wrong spot or or I move my eye at the wrong time or whatever it might be, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but yeah, glad to, I mean. It's fun. I blame it on you, but at the same time, I'm glad 
that I've got to use it, and, and I've killed some stuff with it. Oh it's yeah, been man! Fun. It's just I don't think it, I don't think it's for me. No, that's okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. There's a healthy used bow market, <laughs> but the, uh, the two I got are pretty damn nice. Yeah, they are. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah freaking bear season, whole nother all year. done. All I done. can't believe it. That the last two months is, it actually went by really fast. Yeah, what was that? Did I send that meme that I, or maybe it was one of you guys saw? It's like you, uh, life or life is a cycle of like you think, all right, well, it's things will slow down after next week, <laughs> and you yeah. just say that you're, to yourself over and over until you <laughs> yeah. die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way it goes, and I mean. Yes, I, mean, I was a little, I was a little, I was a little disappointed to not like have the time to hunt when I knew I needed to be hunting to like target grizzlies. But I can't complain, you know. No, I, I can't mean, complain. I for, I was able to do make pretty pretty good of the time yeah. I did have to hunt this year. You, so. made, you made the most of it. Yeah. Did you see a grizzly bear while on stand? I did not see a grizzly. It's the first yeah. time in quite a while, quite a few years, I didn't see yeah. a grizzly bear. I did not either. No shortage of them. I think. Uh, like between the two baits, probably had fifteen grizzlies yeah. or more. Just bad luck, bad just, timing. Just timing is all it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, that last the last night I I hunted that week, that big grizzly had been in there three days in a row, mm-hmm. like three nights in a row. And I mean, I know, like I know better. I'm like I know I need to be hunting. Yeah, but hunting if you can't, now, you can't. but you can't. You can't, and uh, just is what it is. So maybe get a crack at them next year. Yeah. I had one in bow range, and I already talked about it, but it smelled where I walked, and that's the only opportunity. I mean, it would have been an opportunity for sure if he had taken another step, but mm-hmm. um, that's the only one that I really, I, I, guess, I think I made a couple stocks on bears this year, but that's the only one where I got close so far. So, yep. hard to believe it's July, which is fine, because now I've, most of July I just, I go fishing and do all the shit that I don't like to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I hate this stuff, but I'll do it if I have to. Yeah. No, we, uh, yeah, you guys, you already been down. Dip, yeah, we've dip, dip netting and have, yeah, ocean dip, fishing. Dip netted twice and did pretty well both times. Um, this last weekend I didn't, I didn't do anything. I let Steph just dip net the whole thing and I'd taken care of bonking them and bleeding them. And nice. we had a great time. We only went for about an hour and I think, I think we ended up with 20 or 21 or something. So like whatever, it was, it was fun, right? Yeah. Watching her, she gets excited, especially when there's two or three in a net yeah. <laughs> and stuff. So that was real good. And I, from what I've heard, uh, talking with John, they're hammering them like best fishing they've had in a long time. Huh. So if anybody's interested in going and catching fish, like call John Copper River Wild because it, the way it sounds, it's it's absolutely been silly. So nice. I don't expect that change. Yeah, my brother-in-law. Uh, well, both my brothers-in-law went went down and uh, I think they caught like a hundred fifty and yeah. in like. From fishing, you know, the bank off the rocks. You know. Everybody I've talked to that has went in the past like five or six days has said the same thing. It's been been pretty damn good. Yeah, and that so. was even a little longer ago than that. But chitting is funny because it always seemed like every time I'd go, it's like, oh, yeah. you should have been here yesterday, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, then, and then you talk to someone after you come back, 
and it's not like we were at like trouble getting fish, but right. it was it's like the, oh man, twenty minutes after you left, it lit <laughs> up. And you know, with the the water's kind of high right now, or it was when we were there this last weekend. And uh, usually the fishing gets a little bit harder when the water's high. Yeah, it's like had the opposite effect. So I don't know. It seems like everybody's doing really well. But did that, and then we went went down to Valdez and hopped on a charter boat. And caught a bunch of halibut and rockfish and lingcod. It was it was a good weekend. Those halibut are more work than what most people. Most oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. It's uh, oh, just exercise, especially especially. In, I mean, the last couple times I went, we were always catching them in like a hundred feet of water. Yeah, you know, it's a little different when it's two hundred or three hundred feet yep. of water. Yep. Yeah, they. They put up, I mean, the little ones don't, but, you know, 60 plus pounds. Shoot, even just, especially if you get into a bunch of chickens, just like reeling up little owl, but after yep. like real covering, is real, 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 real. <laughs> a lot of work, man. My uh, my left bicep this morning when I woke up, I could tell I was doing something this weekend because it was sore as hell. I got bruises all over my legs from bracing the pole and oh, whatever, yeah. and stuff's the same way. It's funny. She loves fishing, though, so I, I'm happy to see her be happy i could care less <laughs> <laughs> now i started cutting firewood the other day i couldn't take it anymore really on the fourth what? the actual fourth we did all our fourth stuff on the third okay and then uh i couldn't take by driving couldn't take driving by my firewood spot Without anymore and well yeah and i, w- I kind of wanted to peek in there and see if anybody had been getting into it anybody um because i i had seen you know, some of the like obvious stuff disappeared or sure. got or got got gotten into, but uh, and I saw a guy in a different spot, not too far from there, were like loading up a trailer early this spring. Um, but oh, there's miles of the stuff. <laughs> I feel like I'm stealing. Like, <laughs> for, I don't know why I like cutting firewood so much, especially if I don't have to. Like, I mean, I like dropping trees as much as the next guy, but. Right. It's a lot of work when you got to like, especially if you're looking for standing deads yeah. or like you got to, you're like hunting for a certain, a tree, drop it, limb it, you know, cut it in sections and get it out to the truck or round it and carry it out to the truck or whatever. You, are you burning a lot of spruce or did you find Oh, birch that's all too? I burn anymore. Um, last year there is, there was some birch in there cause it was stuff that all got cut, that got cut green mm-hmm. and, uh. I, after making like 15 phone calls, I found out that I could just go Cut take it. it, you know. Good. Um, so I, I got some birch last year, but, um, I don't know, it's been, it's been sitting, it would, the birch would still probably be okay, but that stuff starts rotting pretty quick. Unless it you get it like, split. Unless you get it split. Stacked, yeah. Um, so, so no, I'm spruce, man. I burned, I, my brother-in-law had a bunch of aspen. Uh, he had cleared off his property that I got. I got a bit last year. That garbage man. I don't burn ass. That's no. poor man's wood. Right. What what burns what burns hotter, spruce or birch? Like what do you get? Probably more? depends on who you ask. I, I, so I know some people that are like exclusive birch, and I think birch is really good. Birch does burn really hot, um, but I like burning spruce too. So it seems like I'll take e- I'll take either. It seems like for the time involved, you probably get more out of your work from cutting spruce than you would birch, being that I, I know where you cut wood yeah. and I've been with you and those trees are pretty big. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can get more more out of it in the same amount of time that you'd spend, you know, cutting birch, which yeah. most birch trees aren't huge. 
No, yeah, you got to end up going through a lot more trees and, you know, either if you're by, you know, you're buying harvested birch or, you know, if people can go cut their own, you know, some of the, some of the people I've talked to will go knock them down in the spring as they're starting to bud out. And then, you know, you rip, you rip a line up the trunk with your chainsaw through the bark to help, help it dry. And then as they leaf out, it pulls moisture out of the tree and then they'll go later in the summer and section them and okay. bring them back and, and chunk say, yeah, them. You, you don't get a lot of standing dead birch that aren't rotted. No, yeah, know, pretty much by the time them. you know by the time you they're obviously dead. They're rotten. Yeah, in my experience, anyway, it's what little right. logging experience I have. No, it's true though. The, there's a lot of birch trees that are standing dead and their insides are complete shit, and you wouldn't want to burn them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it feels pretty good to start. I mean, I think I have I have. I have all the wood I need for this winter, plus almost all the wood I need for next winter too. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But I can't stop myself. Well, then when it's it. so easy, it's yeah. like you got nothing else to do. Shit, cut it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all I get, it, the only way it would be easier is if I had someone already cutting it into rounds and loading it in my truck for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's. Uh, I'm gonna try and take advantage of that. I'd like to get another like six cords or. So six to ten cords however crazy i get with it put up and then i'll be set for like three years because yeah, then i can just pull off those you know the oldest stacks and fill up my woodshed in the summer and because i don't even burn through a whole woodshed in the winter yeah as long as i keep it covered and stacked you know it's, it'll no, be fine that would be an open and give you a lot of free time if you get a couple years ahead you want need to, to talk to the neighbor about maybe annexing a lot so i can <laughs> make room for more firewood firewood mountain <laughs> Oh geez, so are you doing any fishing this this July or anything or what, what's what uh, taking going on? Jed taking Jed camping here pretty soon? Good, um, like probably not getting too serious. Uh, we'll probably go down camp by the rapids it. and yep. and fish them a little like coal mine road lakes yep. or something. Fish there, and then he he's still all into dinosaurs and fossils. So we'll go. I got a couple researched a couple spots to go pick. Find him, find him some rocks and fossils and stuff. So cool. We'll bring, uh, bring, bring the bows and bring the <laughs> weapons and shoot those, and <laughs> should be a pretty good time. Nothing wrong with that. No, he's pretty excited. I need to get him, get him away from his sister a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think this coming weekend's my last free weekend till the end of fall. The way I got her figured out. Boy, you got her planned, huh? <laughs> Try, man. Do as much as I possibly can. So. Yeah, we'd have nothing planned at all for this coming weekend, but, you know, whatever. It might be nice to have a weekend off, too. Sometimes it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, man, I've been freaking so just running, you know, running around just busy watching kids and yep. trying trying to fit everything else in. In the meantime, I actually, like, was falling asleep in the dentist chair the other day when I was <laughs> getting a fill, when I was getting a filling. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get your naps in when you can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you found time to do the bear hide, so that'll be a step in the right direction to getting ahead. And yeah, I just have to be intentional about it, so it's not. It's all good. It's not a big deal. I can. Uh, I should be able to get it. Did you case skin that? The just black the, one. Just the black one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. No, just being. I'm pretty good at pretty good at flushing bears now. Which someone had asked, it just I hadn't got a chance to answer him. Had asked me if I, if I 
ever used a pressure washer to flush and it seems like some people really like it but i don't know i i a i don't have like i don't have a well at my house i've got a holding tank so i don't have pressure washer i don't huh? have expendable water. water to use for that purpose and um talking to not necessarily just because the way I learned it is different because there's always different ways of doing stuff that may be more advantageous. But um, I don't know, talk to some of the guys at Monarch Taxidermy, and I had asked them if they ever messed around with doing that, and I can't remember exactly what what they had said, but they didn't like doing it. I wouldn't want to it, introduce more that, water And that's to, what it's at, is you're yeah. introducing like copious amounts of moisture, which... Yeah, maybe sometimes in the right, you know, you know, sometimes in conditions that's not a big deal. It's it's not going to it's not going to hurt anything, but you know, I mean, if you got a hide that's right on the edge, <laughs> you know, and you can get you know, and it, there's a lot of different factors involved, but moisture is your is the enemy. <laughs> yeah, you, it would you seem know, so in theory, you know, if you've got a hide that's in good shape and you can peel it off there and get it on the salt instantly, but it may take more salt. You may take a couple saltings and like just be a pain in the ass to get the thing dried out. Think about the mess you'd have too. You'd oh, have it would to, be a huge have mess. Like a yeah. station set up, you yeah. know, with tarps and shit to block the, yeah, it would be yeah. kind of a mess. No, I, I think the way you're doing it's just fine. <laughs> no, it works. It works pretty good to me. I've, I've got pretty, pretty about as efficient as I can. Yeah. Added, I think, you know, I think back to like when I first start and I don't know, it's a skill like yeah, every, you, you know, learn the more it's you good for it. everybody to learn, um, at least to know, know how to do the stuff. I kind of enjoy it, but it's, uh, I think back to like just kind of learning how to do it and how like lost I felt when you first started it. Yeah. And it's just like a freaking fiasco. But then you, I mean, you get like, you gradually, you learn in different animals, like, how to yeah. do this, how to take care of this spot. And cause right. every, every animal has its own like little challenges and <laughs> stuff. Yep. No, yeah. all, all the ones that you've done that I've taken and, and you know, some of them I've had mounted or whatever. I've never, I haven't heard a single complaint. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't, the only ones that I've had problems with had problems before I had the salt on them. Yeah. Um, it's like, like that bear, you know, that chocolate bear I killed last year. I don't know if it was because he was getting chewed on a combination of, I mean, it was warm and we you know, did the best we could and, and, you know, it was like three days since I'd killed him, but by right. the time I got him put up and it was weird because that was that, maybe that spot kind of on the back of his neck there was the only real spot that I had problems with him. And he had been getting chewed on on the back of the neck. You'll see when you do the black one, all the cuts that he's got on him. There, yeah. There's some, he, he was fighting really hard for a couple of days. His ears all messed up, definitely from that. And then when we pulled the hide off, you could see teeth and claw marks like in, in the, you know, through the fat and in the meat on his, Jeez. on his back. They're freaking and, tough, man. Yeah. People don't give him credit how tough they are. Yeah. I, the, Fights that we saw, I mean, they were, these bears were going at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't want to, I mean, they both held their ground too. It wasn't like, you know, a lot of times you see, uh, a bear comes in and just kind of woof them off and he might yeah. hit them once or something, but then they run off and that's it. These two are big boars and they're, they were going hard, you know. Man. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that one, 
I mean, like you see the scars on his forehead and yeah. missing half an ear. And could you see bruises on his body when you when you peeled the hide off, or do I remember? No, I don't think. So. Yeah, he he had. Yeah, he did. I guess you could say bruising, but like that pussy stuff on the back of his neck, and I think, you know. I imagine just fighting in general, that's kind of a vulnerable spot they tend to get grabbed. I mean, obviously, well, every every big boar grizzly bear I've ever fleshed has super thick skin around their neck. And even black bears have thicker skin around the back of their, between their ears, down their neck a little ways. But, uh, I mean, I saw a video of a boar kill this, like, I don't know, was it on a bait that this video was? But the sow, like, comes in and like two little football cubs, you know, and one of them's like dragging its hind legs, poor oh, yeah. critter, you know, you feel bad for it, but this boar comes tearing in there after him and he ends up killing that cub and he had already got a hold of it, I think, at one point. She freaking jumps on his back and just thrash in the back of his neck and he don't give a shit. Like he's just after the cub. Yeah. Um yeah, But then yeah. well in this same thing, like I mean you saw that grizzly I killed last year with my muzzle loader. Yeah. He's, you know, technically rubbed between his ears, but it, all the skin, like everything between his ears from the back of his head down his neck a little ways is black scar tissue with like, you see all sorts of old like Cut, cuts scratches and, and stuff. Yeah. And then he had that huge like open wound on the top of his back. Yeah, it was live, like partially open and partially healed. They live it a rough came out life. pretty cool in the tan. They live a rough life. <laughs> yeah. Glad I'm glad I'm the one sitting in the tree. <laughs> Yeah, you'll see when you when you flush that one. He's he was tore up pretty good. He got into some good fights. But. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind going fishing a little bit this year. But I don't know if I'm going to have the time. Probably, I highly doubt I'm going to have time other than just taking kids fishing. Yeah, do some real fishing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll go again this summer. I'm fine with it. I <laughs> had my fill. I'm good. I really. Well, wanted... you've been staying busy this year anyway. So yeah, yeah. I, I really, really wanted to get go rod and reel king fishing and we were yeah. supposed to go on friday and uh they closed the king season so couldn't even go yeah but I, I really wanted to go do that and i, I mean i yeah i could go somewhere else but i really wanted to go like you know somewhere kind of close mm-hmm. <laughs> but i guess that's not to be maybe they'll let us fish up here in august like they had been in years prior yeah, who knows? I mean, probably depends on what they're... Well, they closed the Yukon, so we can't... I mean, that would assume... Assume that means that, you know, we can't fish the Tana or no, the Gina or the Salcha. Yeah, because it's part of the yeah. Yukon drainage. We'll see what they come up with, but it'd be nice to... It is fun It is that. fun to, like, go... Well, and those are after-work spots where go you can catch, go... You know, go catch a few, you know, reel in a few, even if you don't pull them out of the water, yeah. turn them loose. And... Well, they won't even let you target. I didn't want to keep one. Yeah, no. They... I wanted to go to, like, yeah, no, you cannot, or Galcana. You, you can't, can't target even... them yeah. now. Yeah. Like, well, if you can't use bait, uh, what are you going to catch them with? <laughs> you just floss them, which is fine. I've done that, but yeah. it doesn't seem nearly as effective as if you could fish them with bait. So I guess I should have went earlier. Oh, well. Yeah, down there because they were starting to start because uh, they run a little early. Yeah, I, I mean it closed beginning of last week or the end or the end of the week prior. So yeah, there was people catching them before that. I just I figured July first or July second it would still be open. Yeah, you know? and you wonder what all's goes in. You know, you know, there's people bring the trawlers and they do kill a lot of them. Yeah, you I, laugh. Is that your 
No, uh, basically, John was saying that he hasn't noticed any reduction. Any difference? They're catching things. them left and right. You know, they got to let them go, but yeah, you know, they're hammering them. And yeah, I, whoever, whatever data they make the uh, decision off of must not be very good because. You know, the, all the people dip netting are still having success. Yeah, and when them. you're actually, you know, a guy like John who's on the river every day dipping, right, and has been, he'd tell you if and, it was and shit. He, and he was doing, you know, I mean, before before that, he was working like the fish surveys yeah. for years. Yeah, he if, so, if it was shit, he would he'd tell you, yeah, it's shit. Then good thing they closed it. But he's like, I don't understand why they closed it. We're still we're catching more kings this year than we have in a long time. Yeah. You know, and they look healthy and whatever. You know, I mean, I remember, I guess now it's been pro- I I think all these things like, oh yeah, right out after high school, that was like just a few years ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago. It was a long ago. time ago. I caught myself You know, doing there was the a couple day. there was a couple of those years where like they'd here even in it's like I just remember everybody'd go king fishing here in in town. Yeah. Cuz you know, and there was a couple of years that they'd like let you keep three per day or something because the run was so like oh wow strong, <laughs> you know it's like what what happened? Yeah, what happened? I'm not educated. There's a lot. There's a lot of, of theories well, going on. There's a lot that can happen before the fish get here. Yeah, there is. And on the copper, there's not a whole hell of a lot that can happen before the fish get there. Mm-hmm. You know, and the com fishermen, I don't think they're the problem at all because they have to wait for a certain escapement and then they go out and catch their fish. But you know, well, a co- <clears throat> like a common, a common, uh, like scapegoat or whatever, where the, where is the tra- is not like, not commercial salmon fishermen, but trawlers. Yeah. Or like bycatch fishing out in areas where they're not, you know, where like, yeah, but where who, they're just living, not like fishing runs. Yeah, and who knows where those fish are going to end up, too. Yeah, you know, you know and could be, you know, a lot of this could be international issues, mm-hmm. too, you know. So I don't, I don't know. Some of the stuff, yeah, I'd I say just, smells fishy, but that would be a little too punny. I think it's just bad data, is what I think. Just bad data, wherever they're getting it from. <laughs> but. Yeah, who knows? But. Yeah, so I guess I'm not going king fishing this year either. <laughs> no, I mean we 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 caught one dip netting um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I like eating king, but it's it, I mean I like having one fish is plenty. One king, yeah. like I I don't love it that. Well, much. The, I mean yeah. I reds are a better fish right. to eat. The reason I'm upset we can't go king fishing is because I like catching. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's a fun that's a fun uh, hookup when you when you hook up with a good king. That's that's a lot of fun. But whatever. No, yeah, but it's uh, it's already time to start thinking about sheep stuff and. Yep, I'm gonna caribou hunt a bunch first, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I hope that they let us have both permits in our pocket again this year in 20e moose and caribou. Oh yeah. I don't know what they're gonna do about it. I the new regs came out and it still says the same as always, but last year they issued emergency order. Well, it was sometime around, it was like August 18th, and I was like, shit, you know, I'd already shot two by then. Oh, so I'm that's gonna be, right, yeah. I'm going to be picky up until then, because I'd really like to have a caribou tag in my hand. At when you go moose, moose hunting. Yeah, yeah, just to have something to do. If if it's hot and the moose hunting's shit or something, I can go for a walk and maybe find a big caribou and, and kill him. But, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, they just... I, Last year when they issued it, it was like, it was the 18th of August, which I 
I guess is early enough, but there are some moose hunts over there in that area earlier. I think there's some hunts in August that open up and maybe, maybe they issued that, that order right before those open. I don't know how it worked, but I was kind of bummed once, once I found out. <laughs> I was like, shit, I could have waited. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, can you, cause you guys had quite a beef, quite a few caribou blasting through. Yeah. There, um, we killed the three biggest bulls we saw, but that's just what we see like right from camp. Yeah. Like we are a good you're, you're not point. making effort to go look zero for zero effort and if i did i know things would be a little bit different yeah <laughs> you right behind camp you can get up into some alpine stuff fairly easy without a lot of brush and once you get up there you could run ridges and you could really you like really time it right you mm-hmm. know between glassing and just getting in front of them and I've already know like kind of where I always see them, and it wouldn't be hard to just get over in the general area and wait. If you could see them from farther, then you could yeah make a move and get in front of them. And it's a lot of them are. I mean, they do one of three things, you know, each time. There's a place a little bit further. Um, I guess it'd be east of camp that like the, you, you always see them going through this meadow when you're out calling and glassing for moose and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they come right by camp on the east side and right on the west side, and you know it. it it's fun to see them all, but it would be a lot more fun if I could go try could to shoot, shoot them too. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Yeah, no, hopefully we'll we'll see what um, emergency, like yeah. chaos-inducing thing that they, that they do with the 40-mile hunt this year. Well, I don't know what all happened. You might know a little bit more with, like, their harvest objective and, and what they, you know, got I don't think they year. met it. Probably not, and it looks like Canada's going to be closed again this year. And I don't know if that has if that had anything to do with their decision last year or not, but it doesn't look like Canada's going to be open for hunting. And I I know that the forty mile herd they do kill a lot of them in in Canada. Yeah, yeah, but not without non residents. No, yeah, it's a it's a conundrum. I know they're like. I mean, there was a big stink. His last year was bad, like probably as bad as it's been for what as many for just people. Yeah, destroying everything up there. Yeah, yeah. They 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 could stand to to implement a couple regulations with regards to that. But what do you? I mean, where do you draw the line? Like, can't do this. Can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, and a lot. You know, a lot of that stuff. It's only. It's only enforceable if someone's there to enforce it, and right. you know, yeah, like you've got to you've got to be reasonable too. But you, I think there's I think there's other ways. Other th- if they can just not cause the panic of like everybody and their brother being like, oh man, they must be all over the road. We can kill three of them now. Yeah, like round up the troops and get we, up there. You know, I mean, there's always going to be. Yeah, it's always going to be a populist type hunt well we've talked we've talked about that numerous times and and i i truly believe that you know there's no right answer because fishing game wants to take so many out of the herd and if they don't update the masses on their location and and give them the opportunity to go and and they kind of create that yeah like it's yeah it's it's a problem that i don't know that you could easily solve and still achieve the same results so if, but at the same time, if people are getting upset, not people, fish and game or or whoever is getting upset with the the outcome or the or the the backlash or whatever you want to call it, it's like, well, it's kind of self induced. Yeah, <laughs> like you created that problem. Yeah, um, 
I don't know. I've always just said, just open it up early and just let people go hunt when they want and not, not try to create that, you know, that mad dash. But if they want that feeling that it's going to be closed in a couple of days, so I got to get it and yeah. get it now type of deal. Yeah. But then that falls back on, well, Hey, they want to kill X number of animals. And the only way to do that is to tell people when they're there. So yep. I get it. And that's why I just stay away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What the, Oh, the, um, I don't know if we talked about it last time. Was what? losing my losing my shit over here. Yeah. Um that uh they did finally have it was on June sixteenth that they finally had the meeting. Mm-hmm. The um where they voted the emergency the subsistence board, yeah. Yep. And they voted to I did I you were did you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. I, yeah, I was this deep in wiping butts and Yeah, they basically all agreed to just defer it. Um, which was kind of interesting because by doing that, they basically voted against it, all of them. Yeah. Because it it would have been like the motion or whatever you want to call it, the the special action was for this season, not for next season, not for this this season and this was Yeah, and this was to close the uh, basically all federal lands in Unit 23 and 26A for non-resident hunter or non-local hunters during... Like right. August 1st to September 30th or whatever. Right. <clears throat> At least their rationale for deferring it w- was in line with kind of what I thought anyhow, which was we need more information. Yeah. And I don't particularly believe that they'll find any more information no. to support it. So it is what it is, and I'm sure we'll see it again. But, but did um, their, I don't know, you know, I've heard that their, like the the sentiment was like, kind of looking wanting to pass it do you, did you my, like feel either way my my thoughts on that were there may or may not have been an organization or two or um not so much an organization but you know uh maybe the park service maybe blm they might have been kind of coaching the folks in the direction that they wanted to go yeah and they gave them ample opportunity to to vote slightly different and they still didn't they didn't go for it and i don't understand i don't i don't think they understood what what those two groups were trying to say to them when they gave their when they gave their like you know their speech or their thoughts on yeah. on on you know their opinion on it you know they offered to close down moose okay what well, they didn't even they didn't care anything huh. about that you know so anyhow at the end of the day they just all agreed that there wasn't enough information which i do agree and they deferred it which essentially eliminated it so there'll be an. I, I would guess there'll be another action. They would have for, to do another. They maybe. have to start all over. Yeah, but this time around they should have at least more data or more information to either solidify their their stance or totally ruin it by yeah. basically saying like there's not really a problem. Yeah, you know, and it, or this or or this I, this solution is not going to solve any problem, you know, the problem that they say exists. That's kind of what I've been trying to say since the beginning. Yeah. I don't understand how eliminating hunters is going to make the caribou migrate any differently to make it any easier for X number of villages to obtain no. caribou. Sometimes it's hard to hunt and, and I, I, I could be way out of line or way off, off base, but I always, I thought, you know, years and years and years ago, those villages kind of moved with the migration. They weren't, 
You know what I mean? They weren't necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. They're, I don't know when they established an area like, hey, we're staying here. You know, maybe the, maybe the hunting was very good there for years or something. But I always thought they kind of moved with them. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Yeah, it's, hundreds of years ago, whatever. Yeah, it's it's kind of convoluted, I think, and kind of depends on where you look. Because what when I was doing research for it. Um, like even in in some of the caribou working groups literature had like a story yeah you know, or so, uh, kind of an anecdote from um a guy like kind of old timer that he's like oh i remember when the caribou first started showing up out here right. when they were herding rain you know cuz they had reindeer herds right. out there that were you know that were facilitated for like to help all those communities give them an income and food source and all this stuff yeah. in the early 1900s, you know, and then it's like, oh, I remember when rain, when caribou started showing up out here and cause they hadn't ever, or at least according to you know, what I read, it's like, oh, this person and they're like, they had never like had caribou around. It was always rain, you know, just the reindeer herds. And then they started kind of pulling off and the reindeer herds kind of ended up, I think, mixing in with the caribou herds and getting yeah. eaten off. And that's even goes back into all like Frank Glasser had to go up, go out to some of those places and help round up, you know, poison wolves off that were, that were hammering on the reindeer herds and try to help guys gather them up and yeah. <clears throat> all sort of stuff. And I don't, there's a lot of like seemingly conflicting information, you know. And well, as far well, as like the moose stuff, what's funny is is the moose like a lot of that stuff was never really great moose habitat. It never had very many moose until like moose start numbers, you know, this could be just my looking into it too hard, but it's like right moose start numbers started booming out there like at the after following like the extreme predator control yeah. measures that, I mean, when they were started, even the feds were doing it all over I the think, state. That was their, like, yeah. that was their MO was like, we just hammer on every predator we can find. 23 is a two bear area. Yeah. As of right but now, no one, so. there's not enough people up there killing them yeah. to make a difference. And there's probably not a whole heck of a lot of trapping or wolf killing and stuff up there. But at the, at the end of the day, it's like, you're not, no decision you make to um, eliminate a user group is going to make the caribou do anything no, different. No, it's not. And and if you think that, you know, human presence affects a caribou migration, I implore you to look at Unit 26A, or 26B rather, along the Hall Road with uh, lots and lots of human presence. And those caribou seem to do the same thing every year. Yeah. You know, I don't. the pipeline doesn't bother them for some reason. All the trucks and traffic don't bother them. You're trying to tell me an airplane getting dropped off and a couple guys going no. and shooting them bothers them? I just don't. I don't think you're going to disrupt an entire migration. Not, not what was there, 240 some thousand caribou in that herd? I don't, I don't believe that you're, you're affecting that much with human presence. But that being said, they eat lichen, right? So lichen is the slowest growing uh, deal that that caribou eat, and they they do rely on it. And if they eat out an area, yeah, they're going to move a little bit differently every single year. Yeah, you know, and then you have different weather patterns, and there's a lot of stuff you can't control. And I don't necessarily believe that it's human presence causing their demise. No, I don't think that the, none of the information I've been able to see, like find, even with, even from like the, that, like Western Articurd working group, which is like a conglomerate of agencies and, 
yeah, you know, user representatives and stuff like that. Like none of their literature no. indicates that, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. I don't know. I think it's you know, like I've said before, I think it's, it's like user conflict and wanting to. There, I mean, there's a very real sentiment in a lot of a lot of the state of wanting to keep outsiders out. You know, and I, and I get it. Like, I get why people might feel that way, but it doesn't mean it's okay. No. Um, you know, and just like right soon, and, and then in, I don't know what, it was June 7th, they published the federal, the new, because um, this was a special act, like special request. Right. Um, kind of proposal, but the federal, I think it's next spring, the federal board, subsistence board is doing their, like, their like regulation cycle, kind of like the state board of game was every four years or so they have, because there's a whole set of like federal hunting subsistence hunting regulations that they have these board meetings every so often to, you know, consider proposals and change this and that. And, but there's already four proposals for Southeast, like Admir- um, part of Admiralty Island and a couple, another area. Two of the proposals are to, basically close it to non-locals for blacktail hunting on federal lands. Not bears. And then the other two are to close or to, or to reduce the blacktail bag limit. And, I mean, I've seen the fishing game, the Alaska fishing games, like, comments on all those, and they're like, we just increased the bag limit because the deer are doing well and there's, like, no hunting pressure. Yeah, so all these areas of Alaska are just going to keep following suit with what the other ones are doing. So if they see an opportunity to possibly limit non-locals, they're going to try to do it. And the only way to stop that is to throw the science in their face and explain that, you know, you guys have ample opportunity where you're at. Yeah, you may need to work harder, but think about how hard the guys that are going out there are working. They don't live there. I get it. Like, I I have a soft spot in my heart for them, but at the same time, it's like... Well, like, we can, like, like, you can relate to have being, you know, whether it's being irritated, you know, people come swarming all over where you have to yourself for the rest of the year. You might have a a whole area to yourself for all but hunting season. And and then all sort of people... You know, even if they're not hunting around you, you see all these airplanes and people coming through town or whatever. Like, I get it. I I understand why that's yeah. why that pisses some people off, and there's some conflict there. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's not. You can't just say, "Oh, well, you can't hunt here anymore because you don't live." Here. Like where I hunted on Kodiak last year, it's been you know that was the third or fourth time we've hunted there, and I've never seen anybody ever. And last year, there was like six other camps in the same spot. Huh. And I mean, I, w- I wasn't happy about it. I, f- I worked my way around it, whatever, and, and still hunted and had a good time. But I understand, like, that could really bother you if if you lived there in that one area. And every, yeah. every year, all these people come in. But it wouldn't it wouldn't um, entice me to put a proposal in to eliminate it when I know damn well that the resource can sustain it and shit if you live there you got a leg up on everybody like you you should know better spots or uh, you know i think people in general just want the easiest hunt they could possibly have yeah and and if and if you're quote unquote relying on that animal to survive which i don't I, i don't know that that is the case much anymore but some people may um it it may bother you but I, I don't know. 
hunting to me is it's never been easy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why that's why I enjoy it. It's because it, it is it is kind of hard. It is challenging. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the purest challenge you could possibly take on. And but I do it for different reasons. So maybe uh, maybe I'm looking at it wrong. But yeah, I just no, I'll, I'm with you. But it's you know, and this thing. Like you said, like they they actually had got it passed in Unit Thirteen in parts of Unit Thirteen, right? And then you you know this Northwest and now Southeast Alaska. It's I think it's just until it's in some way challenged in a way that that <clears throat> the, my, is definitive that they're like, no, you can't do that. But in a way, I don't know that they ever can because you know if if the resource is in a threatened state, like the subsistence users do take priority, and that's Fine. That's okay. That's, that's the law. I get it. That's but, how it's written. So I'm, a, you know, I guess we're just, it's just going to have to be completely rehashed every single time this comes up in different areas because people want it to themselves. I, I feel like it'll just be a never ending cycle. Unit 13, that particular area, we all know very well with regards to how many people go there during hunting season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been through there a time or two during, during the season and I wouldn't want to hunt there. No. <laughs> well, and, and I'm just saying that because I'm used to seeing far less people when I go hunting, and I enjoy that. But there may have been a problem there, you know? Who am I to say? But to eliminate all the land that they did, that gave other parts of the state the same idea, like, hey, that's all you got to do. Submit this. And if you yeah. have, you know, the Park Service or BLM. Or trying to, you know, helping to, to facilitate that. Yeah. It's... That's a little bit backdoorish, if you ask me. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, talking with Larry Bartlett about that, like he made a good point that, you know, the agencies operate on their procedure and protocol, but they're depending on who gets who gets appointed and hired at these agencies. They have some leeway where they can be like, oh yeah, we'll we'll help you make this, we'll help you write this proposal to keep everybody out, which helps our end game and you know and then you can also play the sympathetic you know then they're playing the sympathetic oh we're just looking out for the subsistence users when i don't you know they just assume, you know some of those p individuals yeah. land managers would just as soon have it's pretty everybody funny. off the landscape it's, it's pretty funny too with regards to the blm you know they were established to just manage the land until the state could take it back over and and take care of it themselves but you see all this stuff within the state where the state's trading state land for BLM land or BLM land to native, you know, native land and all. You know what I mean? They're like they're yeah. trading back and forth, so they're really not. They have no incentive to do what they were established to do because if they no. do that, they will have no job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they, you know, they were they were there to manage the land until the state could eventually take it over and do it themselves, and. I think the state of Alaska could probably manage a lot of the BLM land just fine. Yeah, well, and that's like where you get you get people with with get problems with which I don't know whether, whether it was that whoever was running BLM and I'm like I who it was someone was saying because I'd heard that say someone that was like high up in BLM was saying you know our priority is turning land back over over to state control or whatever, which if that, I mean, and maybe that's their, if that's their original, their original purpose and why, like, why are you getting pissed? I mean, some states do a terrible job of managing their land. So I understand why some people like look at things the way they do, but up here is different. Like we, you know, right. 
overall, if, like I have a pretty favorable view of how our state manages state land. Well, the the state manages the game on all lands, whether yeah, it's they're state supposed or federal. To. They're supposed to, yeah. Yes, they're supposed to, which means that they have biologists in the field looking at mm. whatever to do, establish bag limits, season dates, all that stuff. So what would be the difference if the state was in charge of managing the land instead of BLM, as it pertains to hunting? Obviously, there's a hundred other reasons why yeah, no, land, I is, mean, land I think, is used than hunting, but no, at the I, same time. I think I think the state should be in charge of all that as far as hunting. and They're, they're supposed to be, but Anilka kind of threw a, a wrench in the works because yeah. it created the whole federal system as well, which it's complex. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah we'll know. see how it goes. <laughs> but I, I don't know. And I think in addition to them, you know, like the presenting like logical scientific data on those things, like getting people, I think it made a big difference. The feedback that oh, people that people gave and they weren't That's expecting good. it. Like yeah. they don't, especially these like federal subsistence board meetings, they don't expect anybody to call except the few people that want the no. stuff passed and then and they can do sh- whatever they want. And it's a shame with the unit 13 one, because I have a feeling it was not advertised well no. enough. And, and maybe that opened up everybody's eyes but Unit 13 doesn't, it did not at the time have a non-resident caribou season. Like now it's a draw. I believe yeah. non-residents can go there and hunt caribou. Um, yeah, you could, non-residents could hunt moose there and sheep and whatever with a guide or this or that. Yeah. But the caribou, that's a big draw for non-residents because it's it's the most affordable. It's affordable of, and versatile. And yeah, and you got, there's a lot of reasons that it's a good. Big antlers and they're migrating and it's all this stuff and, and you still get to fly and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a big draw, but I have a feeling that's why there wasn't. I remember when the 13 stuff came out and I don't feel like there was a hell of a lot of notice uh, about I did, what was about to happen. Know, and not to say I do a great job of staying on top of everything. I'm trying to do a little better, but um, I didn't hear about it till it was done. Yeah, I heard about it before it was done, but there was not near the emphasis put on it that there was on this no. last one. And, well, and, and, and there wasn't even emphasis put on this last one. It just came out, and then I think the right people seen it. The, the right, right people were able to see it and yeah, spread the word. And they and there is they a, don't expect like major public feedback from across the country on these things. No, and Unit Twenty Three has a lot of non-residents that yeah. come up to Caribou Hunt because it's literally one of a few options for non-residents mm-hmm. truthfully you and it's hunt. a very like wild remote yeah. hunt you, you know? can hunt you know the 40 mile herd if you can get in with one of the very few transporters that, mm-hmm. that access it or you can hunt on your own in there um, you can hunt the haul road with a bow or you can hike in you can do the, one of the flyouts to the brooks you know yep. you know, or, or the north slope or whatever with one of the very few transporters that service that area mm-hmm. um yeah, you can go to the peninsula and, you know, the Alaska Peninsula and find a charter there. You're not going to see as many caribou. Um, you can hunt caribou on Kodiak. Great. They're not very big. There's options, but that's a good... <laughs> and then yeah. Unit 23 is is really the next the next option for... Or, you know, it's one of the better options for caribou. It's probably likely the best. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of transporters, plenty of caribou. So, but, yeah, they can... Non-residents can know they can hunt. I think there's a draw for Unit 13. I'm, I'm fairly certain there is for non-residents. And anyhow, if that would have been in effect when they did the closure, I think you'd have had more. I think you'd have had more participation in the comment portion, and they probably would have been in the same boat yeah. that they are now. Yeah. No, that makes sense. If they, you know, with with them not even having the having the option to hunt there anyway. 
But yeah. Oh, well should be should be a good year. Hopefully get out for a few days <laughs> a few days chasing sheep and yeah. get ready for moose hunting and hopefully be good. Yeah, man, it'll be time just flies. It's crazy. Like, Shit, it's already winter basically. <laughs> I know it. Oh, it, it, it spring flew by. Spring flew by. And in fact I think winter flew by too. Like winter went by pretty quick. And now here we are, bear season's over and I you know, started thinking about hunting caribou and sheep and then moose and everything else. And yeah. Should be, yeah, should be interesting for me. I'm going to plan it on bow hunting, bow hunting moose and caribou in the fall. Good. Um, I got that, I got that antlerless muzzleloader tag for the winter. So like a, a, I, a fail safe. I mean, I need to, <laughs> I need to kill, I need to kill a moose. Um, good. But so the, that's taken care of, yep. you know, it's. So I'm going to just cry, try and get a decent bull or whatever bull I feel like shooting with my bow, hopefully. First and one then, to walk uh, by be just fine, right? And then uh, and then going caribou hunting for a few days Good. Um, in October. So that should be yeah should be fun. I'll be flailing a little bit, I'm sure, but <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, but it'll be fun to do. I need to start learning that learning that game a little bit more. Yeah, it's. It, takes a little bit of effort but once you get it figured out it it, it gets a lot easier yeah. <laughs> it gets a lot easier yeah and that's about as far as that's about as far as i've got but yeah. should be should be a good year and mm-hmm. yeah a lot of stuff to do for sure i think i might have rounded up some powder i need to need to work up work up a load for my sheep rifle i'm almost out of fact the factory ammo that weather be yeah i really like that rifle but it's not, has, like, it's not like I don't have other guns. Has town still been pretty much out of ammo and stuff, or is it getting yeah, a little better? There's, there is starting to be some different ammo pop-up yeah. that's kind of random. I mean, ammo is showing up, but it's kind of random. It's what they send them, I think, yeah. basically. I haven't looked in a while. I kind of got what I need. You know, I, need I, I don't need much. But. I got enough to what what I need. You know, yeah. I, I was hoping to you know probably take that Weatherby. I was hoping to work up a load for that thing, you know, hand load for that this summer. But I need it needs a that six five Weatherby RPM needs a real slow burning powder. Is it and the six five we have, used last year? Or no, a different gun? no, that's the old Winchester. Okay. Which that that gun's a solid go to as well. Yeah, you can't. It's not like I one. don't have any no, options. Yeah, <laughs> you got plenty of options. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man. I would like a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's going to be a a haphazard wing it for sheep, but that's what I got to deal with. So it is what it is. From the sounds of it, you got plenty of time. It'll be just fine. So yeah. Anyway, let's get out of here. But sounds good. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, if you enjoyed Tundra Talk, appreciate appreciate it if you leave a, a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at tundertalkak.com. Thanks.